How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. Today, I'm actually sitting in a hotel room in New York City, people. And uh, if you hear the honking in the background, that's the people in line to get into the Lincoln Tunnel because <laughs> I am at the mouth. <laughs> this, I'm in a cheap hotel that would be great if it was 10 blocks in any direction. Uh, but uh, anyway, they're they're out there and they are anxious to get to New Jersey, apparently. Uh, so uh, you might hear a little bit of that. Uh, Julie Dolan, where are you today? I am in uh, Dallas, Texas. Happy to be here. Happy to be home. I'm a little afraid to go to airports these days. What about you, sisters? Did you see that brawl they were having in the Fo- uh, Fort Lauderdale airport yesterday over oh. canceled flights? Oh, oh that I saw just the headline, yeah. chaos, chaos at the chaos, airport. Chaos, people, you know, peace and love, you know, civility. We just... Got to take a deep breath when we're traveling. Liz, I always appreciated your travel mantra was just like, once you start the process, it's out of your hands. Like the timing and everything. You just have to accept what happens. Whatever happens. I call it the Zen of traveling. Yeah. Uh And it is, uh, yeah, back in the day when I wore a watch, I would actually take my watch off when a trip began because there's just no point at all looking at what time it is. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter what the schedule says. You're just going to get there when you get there. I was talking to a friend uh, last night, a friend of mine from college who I saw here in New York, and she was like five hours delayed coming home from her son's graduation in Alabama, flying back to New York City on Sunday because one of the overhead compartments was broken and they had to fly a technician in from Atlanta to whatever town the University of Alabama is in (laughs) and to to like remove the the thing and she said people were just going crazy because we knew that's what we were waiting for yeah it happens right what can you do you think they could have just used a little duct tape you know that's just... what i'm thinking too that Leanne. is a hundred percent what i said and uh and judy said everyone on the plane said the same thing it's either like an faa regulation or a union regulation or it just needed to be a specific technician to do it mm, okay so all right yeah, stay calm just... out there <laughs> <laughs> okay we have a very full show today uh i'm gonna fill you in on the conference i was at over the weekend which i was telling you on last tuesday's show that i would be spending the weekend with janet yellen and uh yes kinda sorta uh julie royal report i understand yes there's uh, we have some royal news uh that we are going to discuss in in fact a very controversial wedding policy that uh, we're all going to take uh, sides on. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, good. We have to take sides. That's important. <laughs> yeah. Hold on to your top hats. Yes. 
And Leanne, uh, Facebook versus Google apparently is on your list. Fantastic piece in the New York Times this week by a data scientist who's been studying the difference between the life we post on Facebook and what we actually search on Google. And it's... <laughs> It's great. It's it's great news for those of us who have a less than perfect life, which would be mm, everybody. everybody. So, yeah, so. everybody. The uh, okay, I have the stuff you're going to want to know about the upcoming complete solar eclipse. Uh, starting with the fact that there is an upcoming complete solar eclipse. <laughs> Good. Uh, Good then, Julie, you've got Tuesday trends. Leon, you have hodgepodge. We're not entirely mm. sure what the difference is between <laughs> those two things. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. That's all right. Bits and pieces. Yeah. Apples yeah. together. Yeah. Knickknacks, patty wax, hodgepodge, trends. And a a movie review via text, I yes. understand, Leanne. Yes. Complete review okay. of Guardians of the Galaxy in a text. Okay. So um yeah, so this past weekend, I, as I said last week, I was going up to my college because they were having a women's leadership conference to celebrate 125 years of women at the college. And I thought, I thought that would be inspiring. And all of the speakers were going to be women who graduated from um, from the college. So I was like, okay, I could use a little pick me up, like women in the world, always a great topic. And it sort of has a, a touch of reunion because you're going to have some friends there, but it's not a full on reunion. So you don't have to feel the social pressure you would normally feel at a reunion where you're going to see a lot of people that you actually knew when you were, you know, 18. So, um, so I rounded up a couple of my friends and we all went. And the first morning, as I'm thinking there's no social pressure because of the non-reunion factor, I'm sitting at breakfast the first morning. And I just, you know, introducing myself to random women who were sitting at the same table. And the uh, so the first one I said, um, you know, hi, I'm Liz. What do you do? And she said, I'm an emergency medical relief worker in Syria. And I'm like, OK, <laughs> starting to feel starting to feel the social pressure already. Inadequate. Yeah. In and totally inadequate. And I'm like, okay. And then, so the next woman next to her, hi, blah, blah, blah. What do you do? I'm a high school teacher in the juvenile justice system. Oh, wow. And I'm like, These oh, people are God. good people. Yeah. They're I good know. people. They're good people. I'm like, isn't there, isn't there anyone here that like sells soda to children? Is there anyone that can be here? <laughs> then I gave it one more try. The woman seated the closest to me. Like, uh, yeah, what do you do? I'm an Episcopal priest. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. so these, I just stopped asking yeah, for the rest yeah. of the weekend because these people were just like way out of my category. So um, you don't want to get into it. So the, uh, the lunch on Friday was the speech by the chairman of the Federal Reserve, Janet Yellen, who was Brown class of 67. And uh, so people were very excited. I was a little bit surprised they scheduled her for, you know, lunch and not dinner. Because it seems to me Janet Yellen is dinner worthy, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Uh, Although yeah. I feel like the after dinner slot is the worst speaking slot because people are done. Oh, really? They've been hearing people all day. They're tired. They just want to chat and have a glass of wine. So I, that to me, that's like, a, maybe that's, that's exactly what Joe, what, what Janet wanted to do too. Right. Maybe so she, give maybe me lunch. She, give me lunch. lunch. Yeah. 
Well, apparently she was originally scheduled for dinner, but then her schedule changed. Oh. And she had moved to lunch. So they moved Diane von Furstenberg to dinner. Oh, which was okay. Actually perfect. She's yeah, very she charming. Like, yeah, she seems to be more of a night person. Yeah, I can yes. see that. Yeah. She went to yeah. Brown? She did not. She oh, was okay. the only one who did, but two of her children did. Oh, okay. So, so there, she kind of eked in there. Because uh, because she had two graduates, she was, and her children are only a year apart. They were like ninety one and ninety two or something. Anyway, so so Janet Yellen arrives first of all, and I know I texted you guys this. Janet Yellen, Janet Yellen is like two feet tall. I had no idea. She is she is a teeny tiny person, but we normally see her sitting down testifying in front of Congress or you know, like at a giant desk. So I think you don't know that she is a very small person. So I enjoyed learning that about uh, about Janet Yellen. Then so she get got up to give her speech and she was weaving together she had gone into the historical archives of the college where the sarah doyle women's center is sort of the history of women at brown and they've collected all of these oral histories from you know women in the class of 1898 and 1920 and so she went back and was sort of pulling out some stories of individual women who had come through the university in earlier eras, which I thought was really kind of a, a good gimmick, you know, and I recommend that to anyone. <laughs> right. You know, in one of your next speeches, Julie, you could be talking. It was really kind of interesting that it was an interesting way to start. But then ultimately it became kind of a, a treatise on the economic changes in the United States over the last 125 years. So, Ooh. yeah. So the number. Oh, so wait, the- you have to tie it together with some bigger, broader idea? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yes, yeah. yes never mind. It's, you have to find one it's a those. university land. They were. I guess they wanted to make it kind of educational <laughs> okay. or something. Yeah. Oh, this I definitely you, seems like-, like a lunch speech. This would have been a total snoozer at dinner yeah, time. Yeah, I agree. 150 oh years of the economic history of the United yeah. States. Okay, yeah. my head is in my on my plate. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know. I mean, we were hanging in because, of course, it's Janet Yellen. But halfway through the lunch, a friend of mine who was on the other side of the room, not sitting with me, she just texted me, "WTF?" Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> So it it wasn't dense economic theory, but it was after lunch economic theory and productivity data. And, you know, again, she's the chairman of the of the Fed. Right. But isn't that exactly the role? That's exactly what she should be doing. She should be putting you to sleep with her dense analysis. She's not supposed to say things that make headlines, Liz, and move markets, right? You know, I totally agree with you, Julie. uh But here is the craziest thing. So we're all sitting there, and afterwards, just among our little gang, like we were talking about like, yeah, okay, and that was interesting and everything, but we really wanted to know about Janet Yellen, the person. Like, what's it like to be Janet Yellen? Like, we just wanted a little bit more personal insight. I, I was taking notes during her speech and one here's one of the things she said, you know, as sort of one of her big conclusions was we cannot rule out that gender related impediments exist. And like, 
Okay, yeah, can you, that does sound like Senate testimony, right? Mm-hmm. So we're all talking about like, okay, that was great, and okay, she certainly is smart and good for her. Then the next morning, though, you open the New York Times, you open the Wall Street Journal, giant headlines about this speech that we in the room were like, where's this going? What's going on here? <laughs> here, Let me read to you like the first line in the story in the New York Times Saturday morning. In an unusually personal speech... Janet L. Yellen, the Federal Reserve Chairwoman, said Friday that policies making it easier for women to work could significantly improve the nation's economic growth. So we had no idea that it was an unusually personal speech because plus it seemed like not the least bit personal in any way. Wow, she must really be dull in other circumstances. I mean, good for her. I think the fact that she mentioned like women at all and women in the workplace and the goals America should have for women in the workplace is what made them sort of have this takeaway that this was unusually personal. Right. Uh, it was. When I read the New York Times story, I was like, wow, that was an extremely important speech. You're right. That was major policy change. And maybe, because her, her main point is that we still have all these impediments in the United States, whether it's pay equity or child care or paid maternity, and that comparable developed economies in Western Europe, where they have addressed all of those impediments, not only are women further ahead than they are in the United States, but they are a bigger part of the overall economic growth of those countries than women are in the United States. And so, and you can read this in the New York Times. She said, if we could take away all those impediments to women's participation, it would increase the United States annual economic output by 5%, which is a humongous number. Yes. Apparently I was snoozing and eating my dessert. (laughs) (laughs) Texting. You were texting. During her speech. <laughs> Texting, Liz. So it just, apparently we were not doing the reading between the lines here that uh, that we should have been doing. But um, so she was great. It was interesting. We wanted inside scoop, but it's not a person you're going to get scoop from. But it was newsworthy enough to be headline news in uh, major newspapers all over the United States the next day. So, ha, huh, go figure. <laughs> go figure. Um, but it was, it was very interesting to see her speak. And then the one other interesting takeaway from the whole weekend, because there were all, you know, it was women, like some politicians, that Senator uh, Maggie Hassan from uh, New Hampshire, um, and it was artist Susan Cheever, the novelist, was there, and, um, you know, Liz Garbus, the documentarian, and then there were all of these scientists doing whatever they do. But uh, one of the final speakers on Saturday, Lynn Nottage, is the uh, the playwright who just won the Pulitzer Prize for the second time. So she, I, I believe she's the only two-time Pulitzer Prize winning playwright in the United States. And it was interesting to hear her say that she started as pre-med. So she said her her first year, she took exclusively science classes, five credits first semester, five credits second semester, same thing sophomore year, five credits first semester and second semester. She was so tired, she decided she would only take four credits of science and she took a theater class just to get some emotional relief. And as a result of taking that one class, she is now a two-time Pulitzer Prize winning playwright. Wow. She gave up pre 
Yeah. So there was that. And then Janet Yellen, our Fed chair, she started in college as a philosophy major and took a single economics course. And, you know, they tell you if you major in philosophy, you're never going to get a job. And look at her. She did just fine. Right. (laughs) I just my point, though, Julie, is that for all of the pressure we put on people going to college, like pick a path, know what your passion is, decide what you want to be when you grow up. Two of the most accomplished women I saw this weekend had no idea when they entered college what they wanted to do. And they turned out fine. <laughs> no, they're fine. It should be it should be some kind of lesson to us. Like yeah. why are we trying to get people in a lane so early? I don't know. You guys are both parents. You see this much more than I do. But mm-hmm. you know, the idea that you could go to college and already know it's seventeen when you're writing your essay, like what you want to devote your life to, well, you know, these two extremely accomplished women took a complete left turn. Once they got into school, based on all of the academic stimulus they were getting there. And they were both, interestingly, they both talked a lot about how highly encouraged they were by a specific professor who was Hmm. in that particular field. So I think that's sort of – anyway – it was very um, nice. Well, Liz, but the big burning question is the flash mob. What, what about it? What oh, happened? Yes. <laughs> okay. So because of the torrential rain in, uh, in Providence on Friday afternoon, the flash mob was rescheduled for Saturday afternoon. And then there was torrential rain most of the day Saturday. So I was like, this is great. Like getting out from under the whole flash mob situation. But then no, the skies cleared uh, right at like four o'clock Saturday afternoon when the flash mob was supposed to um, happen. The sun came out, a gorgeous moment, like on the main green at the college. But several of my friends who were on the committee organizing these things, they were hell-bent to participate in the flash mob. But they also wanted video of themselves participating in the flash mob. So I volunteered to mm-hmm. be the person capturing the moment for them. So that's what I did. So Very clever, like, Liz. Very if you would clever. like to see my friend Adrian participating <laughs> in the flash mob, I am, <laughs> I am happy to post that. She and how many happy. people showed up for the flash mob? A lot? You know, Little? It was, it was, I would say, a relatively small group, Julie. Okay. Were, they, they had a lot of spectators. So people were pro-flash mob. They just didn't want to really be the ones. They just hadn't learned the complicated choreography. Yeah. 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 Adrienne said that she was told that as long as she stood behind someone who knew what they were doing, she was going to be fine. But I think the video tells the tale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it was fun. It was very inspirational. I'm glad I went. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was good. And now, now I'm in New York City and I'm flying home to L.A. tomorrow morning. So there you okay. have it. Good report, Liz. I guess the, the moral is you just got to keep your, keep your foot on the pedal. Keep going. I mean, you're in a very competitive crowd there. So don't <laughs> stop now. Right. <laughs> All right. Let, all right. Sisters, May you 20th. Go totally the other way, you just decide, okay, these people. I, I, can't I give uh, up. So, yeah. Sorry. I give up. Okay. May 20th. Are your calendars marked, sisters? Because that is the kind of um, sort of a royal wedding that's coming up. Pippa Middleton is getting married. She's married some guy. His name's James Matthews. He's really not part of the story, but, uh, you know, she is, she is getting married. 
But um, and it is going to be sort of a country wedding. She's having the reception at her parents' um, home, and she's getting married in a little local village church. She's invited 150 guests, and she has um, a sort of a policy for their for the guests: uh, no ring, no bring policy. That if you are if you are, for example, Prince Harry. Uh, unless you're engaged to someone, you can't bring a date to the wedding. So, really? but they are, well, they are making an exception for Prince Harry so he can bring his actress, girlfriend, Meghan Markle to the wedding. But I just, I just don't understand this no ring, no bring policy. Okay. Let's just look at some of the facts here. Okay. I mean, Pippa is pretty much royalty. Uh, and she's being. <laughs> She's marrying a hedge funder, okay? So, I mean, there's, it's not like, I mean, most people when they're having weddings, yes, it's very expensive. It's a cost, you, right. So don't, don't bring you, some guy, have right. You room for extra boyfriends or girlfriends and no kids. And you just got to cut off those right. cousins and all of that. But that's not this situation, okay? Her parents, Pippa's parents, their whole business is party planning. That's where that's they right. made, That's where they made their fortune. So you're telling me that they are like for they are getting so crummy with their friends that if you're not engaged to your girlfriend or boyfriend or partner or whatever, you can't bring them to the wedding. What do you think, Julie? That's I'm gonna strong. I'm gonna cede to you on this. You you feel strongly enough for all of us. <laughs> so okay, whatever you think okay, is Roger, what I think. Roger Federer's going to the wedding. He gets to bring his wife, okay? So, well, he's got a ring. There are going to be some celebrities there, yeah. but they just, you know, apparently they're just, uh, they're getting a little, little tight around the corners. You don't there think that's a way... Is the, is the search, is the, the actual church small? Is that the issue? Or... Yes, like, it is kind of a smallish church, but if you invite a guest, you know, if you yeah. invite a friend to a wedding and they have a yeah. long time partner you know right. just because they don't have a ring on that seems kind of no i'm totally with you you okay. don't think it's a way to control sort of paparazzi and stuff that people well, that could be it that could be it and apparently the groom's brother is a reality tv star in uh, great britain and he wants to bring some like horrible girls so that it may be that right. may be the story behind it but i still think it's like uh a little, I, I just a little cheesy. That's what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm saying on that. So, uh, okay. The All other right. good news, uh, I see this as very good news. I mean, he is 95. Prince Philip has announced last this past week that he is going to retire from official duties. He still had been doing a lot of official ap- appearances at the age of 95, and they had a big, you know, a big palace discussion about this. They put out a lovely note. You know, they had it was on royal announcement that he was, you know, going to retire from his public duties, you know, after all of this time. And the BBC, they were so nice as a tribute to the prince. Um, they put together sort of a retrospective of some of the fine comments that Prince Philip has said over the year. For example, during the recession of 1981, Prince Philip is quoted as saying, well, everyone was saying we must have more leisure time. And now they're complaining because they're unemployed. Okay, way to go. (laughs) Yes, he's got all kinds of racist comments he's made over the years as he's traveled around the world, as he's been an ambassador to uh, to Great Britain 
things he said to the Aborigines, to the Filipino, uh, to the Filipinos, <laughs> to the Chinese. It is I. It's unmentionable on this show. But really. If you, Yes, yes. Well, we so, I saw the crown. Didn't you see the crown? We saw I know, the crown. Yeah, he's yeah. a loser. He's yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. No, I'm very alarmed because I was talking to someone about the crown the other night, a former colleague of mine in the in the TV business, and she heard that the upcoming season of the crown is going to focus much more on Prince Philip. And I'm just really not interested in him. No. <laughs> so. No, I was pretty psyched when it, you know, came around that uh, that, oh, no, all the press has been called to the palace and it looked like he was a goner. People were reporting that he had died. <laughs> now, Leon, now, that's that's a you little hard. No, just like a good funeral and like some actual news. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Psyched is the yeah, wrong I, word. I assumed, but... he had, I assumed he had died. Too. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. we are not alone. Yeah. No. So he has just retired. Uh, so he will not be out there, you know, making these uh, insults and gaffes. Uh, he will just be doing it, I guess, around the palace. Uh, <laughs> at, so, at Pippa's yeah. wedding, yeah. <laughs> or at Pippa's wedding. Again, if the no ring, no bring policy. Okay, you better bring, you better bring the queen with him or I'm not sure he's going to get make, uh, make the cut there. So... All right. That's, uh, that's it? That's your royal report? That's it. That's my whole royal report, Liam. All right. Well, speak, speaking of Harry, speaking of Prince Harry... Shipping. It may be more to go to England. I don't know, Pippa, but I think your groomsmen are going to like this. Okay, I think that's a wonderful idea. Maybe she could get even uh, Prince Harry to shave off that kind of ridiculous beard he's got going. So just leave I think on. he looks cute. He looks cute. I, yeah, mm, I know. He's adorable. I love that. I love his whole look. He's okay. really, he's really, as our mother would say, he's really shaped up, hasn't he, Prince Harry? He's really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to the let's razors, get back please. to Harry's razors, though. Okay, so you know Harry's. You know there was one big razor company, and they were increasing prices, increasing prices. And you know this if you've ever bought your own razors, or bought razors for your sons, or your husbands, or your partners, or the groomsmen at your wedding. You know this. So Jeff and Andy, who founded Harry's, they're just two regular guys. They didn't want to get ripped off. So what did they do, Julie? They bought their own blade factory, and now Harry's can Smart. offer their blades at half the price. Good for them. You know. Good for them. Uh, so here's what you get if you're a Satellite Sisters listener. You haven't tried Harry's yet, and you're thinking graduation gift, groomsman gift, Father's, Father's Day coming, Day. Yep. Father's Day, mm-hmm. Father's Day to be. You can try it for free uh, at harrys.com forward slash sisters, harrys.com forward slash sisters. It's a $13 value. You just cover the $3 shipping cost. So get with it. Get with Harry's. Harry's, thanks so much for supporting the Satellite Sisters podcast and Satellite Sisterhood. Thanks for supporting the people who support us. Okay. That's a good one. All right. Uh Okay. Oh, this story from the New York Times. Wait, I gotta, I gotta bring it up on my computer. Uh, <laughs> hold on while I type in my password. Okay. Don't say it out loud. Don't say it out loudly, and then you'll just have to change it again for the tenth time this year. <laughs> and put it in that handy file on my desktop. Passwords. Um, <laughs> I know. When I read that the, I heard yesterday uh, on Marketplace that like the Starbucks app has really been compromised in terms of passwords and people are like going into Starbucks and charging $100 of Starbucks stuff on your app. So I was like, <laughs> I am so dead. I am dead. I, I was thought I was so cool using that Starbucks app. Now apparently I'm just vulnerable for using it. All right. So this article from the New York Times is by, uh, he's an economist and he's been studying um, 
big data for a while. His name is Seth Stevens Davidowitz, okay? And he has a new book called Everybody Lies, Big Data, New Data, and What the Internet Can Tell Us About Who We Really Are. So he makes the point in this article, it's entitled, Don't Let Facebook Make You Miserable. And Liz, the studies are in. Okay, we know this. Mm -hmm. Scholars have analyzed Mm -hmm. the data. And Mm -hmm. social media is making us miserable. Okay. (laughs) I think that's true. It's making us miserable. Yeah. Okay. And why is it making us miserable? Because if you log onto your Facebook page in the summer and you see everyone is going to Europe, but you, you're like, why am I the only one not going to Europe? Right. Or everybody is having a fantastic time at their family get togethers and you're not, or everybody has a prom date and you don't. All right. It just goes on and on and on. It's also food looks better than the food you're eating. Right. You know, that just, yes. So what he, sorry, didn't mean to, (laughs) what he wanted to, it's true. Yeah. No, it's all true. It's true. It's making us miserable. So what this guy, an economist, wanted to do for the last five years, he's been comparing, actually, the the information that people put on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram with the information people actually search for on Google. And the premise was that, like, you put this curated version of yourself on Facebook, but when you're alone with your screen, what you type into Google is who you really are. Okay. Uh So on Uh Facebook, you know, we see that, uh, oh, people love going to the Bellagio in, in Las Vegas and posting all these things about high end hotels. But in real life, like Circus Circus, the cheap hotel, that sells out at a much higher rate than the Bellagio does, for instance. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or my Mm. favorite. My favorite one was this. He uses the, you know, you've seen the posts, uh, wedding anniversaries, people post like, my husband is my best friend. 30 days ago was the greatest day of my life. Um, You know, my husband makes me so happy. But the Google searches, if it's my husband is, okay, the first one is amazing. Okay, so that that translates. But the next next four are, my husband is a jerk, annoying. Mean and then gay. Okay. Google search. My husband is a jerk. Yes. What are they? What do they expect to get from that? What insight are they hoping for? I don't know, but that that's what pops up. And I'm thinking, well, if your husband is gay, you know, you may lose a spouse, but you have a new gay best friend, so that's nice for you. All right. All right. (laughs) How about how about this thing? Like I always. Okay. People searching in. I always. You know, when you see on Facebook, you can imagine like I always celebrate spring, or I you know I always love seeing my family. I type I always into Google and here's what you get. I always feel tired. I always have diarrhea. Okay. <laughs> As opposed to I always seem to be on a Caribbean vacation. So <laughs> this should be fantastic news for almost everybody because it really can take you down a dark path, social media, right? Yeah. So yeah. I typed in a few things this week just to test this before the show. So I typed like he did. I typed in a few phrases. Uh, okay. Here's one. I said, I want to go on and here are the things that actually came up with a date, an adventure, a cruise on YouTube. Okay. Who wants to go on YouTube? I can't believe that. <laughs> All right. How about this? I love my job, but I typed in, uh, I love my job, but I hate my boss. I want to quit. It made me poorer. (laughs) That's me. I love my job, but it made me poor. Yes. That's that's me. Novelists and other people (laughs) in your world. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's all the novelists slash podcasters out there. I love my job. (laughs) 
And then finally, I just typed in my life is, okay, my life is in your hands. That's deep. My life is average. My life is boring. And then the number one response to my life is my life is a lie. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes. That is fascinating and revealing. Yes. You know, the other... The other night when I got to New York, I went with a friend. I went to see the play Dear Evan Hansen, you know, which is sort of the odds-on favorite to win the big Tony Awards this year. It's a musical about, like, a a very socially awkward kid in high school, and uh, a classmate commits suicide, and it's just about – the cascading events that happen after that, all of them fueled by social media, all of them fueled by what the kids are saying and doing in all of the various ways they communicate online. And it just takes everyone wildly down the wrong path and everyone feels like they need to express their feelings and everyone is lying. I'm not going to give away too much of the plot, but a lot of what is going on is just wildly not true. And it's, it's hard to imagine you can make a musical out of that, but it is really, really an incredible musical, but it's the same general idea that everything you see is false. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, well, there you have it. There's scientific data to back that up, you know? My husband is a jerk. <laughs> well, I'm that glad quite a community of people there. My husband is a jerk community. Do they have annual events? They've, you know. yeah. I'm glad I do another podcast called I Hate My Boss. Right. Clearly, you know. So people they, love their jobs, they, but number one, they hate their bosses. So. <laughs> I think I think we're in the sweet spot over there at I Hate My Boss. That is good to know. Well, if you want to trade in things that are false, if you want to trade in all of the lies, all of the fakeness you see online, I have a recommendation of something you're going to want to take in. And that would be the complete solar eclipse coming this summer on August 21st. Do you guys have your eclipse plan? No, no, I didn't even know there was an eclipse coming. Okay. Well, I wouldn't either, except Central Oregon is where where I spend my vacation time during the summer, as you know. Central Oregon is in what they call the path of totality, which is another thing I didn't know what it was. But oh, That it, sounds it, like it, a lie. That sounds like <laughs> a lie, too. Or a cult. A cult, actually. Yes. <laughs> That's why I was suspicious about it being in Oregon, Leanne, because I'm like, oh, you know, those those cults up there, they cook up a lot of things. But no, you can go to you can go to eclipse2017.org, looking mm-hmm. at it right now, and it shows you the path of the solar eclipse across the United across the United States on August 21st. Oh yeah, but I'm looking at it. It starts yeah, it starts in like North Georgia, Georgia. You know, yeah, it does. Yeah. It goes all the way across the U.S. kind of diagonally. Imagine yes. from like Georgia, South Carolina through central Oregon. Oh, all yeah. right. Yes. So I've been working on the plan. Monica and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when she was in Santa Monica. Because it's Monday morning at 10 a.m., it's hard for working people to schedule their eclipse time. And so Monica was making plans. She said she found a vineyard not far from Portland where they were selling like 
Eclipse morning packages. So it's like Eclipse and a mimosa kind of thing, which is what I think. People in Oregon must not have much to do if they're this much planning and development. No, 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 Julie. Here's the thing. So my friends in Central Oregon that I was talking to the other night, Central Oregon alone expects a million people to come to watch this eclipse. I tried to book even a plane flight to Bend for that week. No can do people fully booked. You can't even fly there. So I need to go to Portland and drive down and whatever. But here's the thing I was really wrestling with. Bend is not in the path of totality. We are 14 miles away from the path of totality. And of course, my attitude is, well, that seems close enough, right? I mean, how much different yeah. could it be? It's the sun, right? And the moon, which are super far away, to use the astrophysical term. They're super far away. And so if I'm only 14 miles outside of the zone, uh, I think that would be good enough. I'm going to get the gist of it. Um, but no, that that is apparently not true. Apparently, it is a wildly different experience if you are outside the zone of totality, which you can read if you go to the Eclipse2017.org website and click on the Oregon part of it. Here's I just want to read this to you because my friends were appalled when I said, eh, close enough. That, here's what it is. It says, our, path, our task is to convince people who are not in the path of totality that they simply must travel into the path there is the task is difficult because it's natural to believe that if one is close to the path they will see something pretty good but just as the person who only smells the meal outside the steakhouse remains hungry so too do those who observe the eclipse from outside the path of totality end the day wondering what indeed was all the fuss about for okay, those people, who, this is crazy talk. Liz. Yeah, this, really. I love Scientology. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it says they will not if you even if you even if the sun is ninety nine point nine percent eclipsed for these observers, say me in my backyard and bend, I will not experience quote the full jaw dropping, knee buckling, emotionally overloading, completely overwhelming spectacle that is totality people totality is different partial eclipses are somewhat interesting but there is no climax there's no culmination of the event no exhilarating moment of true beauty in the sky above them the event is not memorable not life-changing not anything to inspire one to join the ranks of umbrophiles who are you probably don't know the shadow loving persons who travel the world to the most remote locations get the best i am so not going to central (laughs) oregon i don't want to run into any of those people the rapture there what is happening there is a touch of rapture here but here's what we're doing so we organized a plan my friends who lived there they were out scouting like driving all over to find like well if i was like well can we just drive into the totality in the morning like it's only 14 miles away apparently sisters they expect so many people for to be in the zone of totality, that they're going to close the main road, 97, to everyone except emergency vehicles. So getting up in the morning and driving towards the totality, apparently that is out of the question. Why don't you fly to Georgia or South Carolina? Seems like a better... (laughs) Nashville, tall city of Nashville in the path of totality, according to this website. Well, 
we have now apparently there are apparently every vineyard is getting in on this action. So my friends have found another vineyard in the totality much closer to us so you know it's only like you guys know where madras oregon it's like you really Uh you just have to get from bend into madras and you're good so we will be camping out the night before which i didn't think was going to be necessary because it's 10 a.m so do we really need to be there the night before but they're going to close the roads for everyone not in the totality it does feel like an episode of the leftovers or something now that i'm describing it no yeah wow (laughs) or seinfeld yeah one of the two (laughs) you're gonna be in a quote air quotes winery Uh uh-huh yes Uh uh-huh so we (laughs) so we're driving up the afternoon uh the afternoon before on the sunday we will be camping out and then we will get – they're going to have a chuck wagon in the morning and, of course, I'm sure unlimited mimosas. Uh, my friend Christine has already bought all the special glasses we need. So we will be camping out and enjoying our – what? It takes like three minutes, I think. But three minutes in the zone of totality, I have now been promised, is going to be life-changing. Wow. So – well, listen, you know, you'll be- you. It sound, you sound very enthusiastic about this. You have a good plan. You're going with friends. What could go wrong? I don't know. Well, Christine did text me and say, hey, you probably have Neil deGrasse Tyson on speed dial. Any way you could invite him? <laughs> <laughs> so that would be good to have an astrophysicist there with you. So you had some idea of what you were looking at other than just darkness. Totality. Yeah. Totality. <laughs> So, uh, so we are looking for some kind of freelance astrophysicist, and uh, we're willing to bring. bring I kind of believe there's going to be plenty at that campground. (laughs) They're going to have a couple of mimosas. A lot of people are going to be talking astrophysics. Okay, (laughs) August twenty first, ten a.m. Central Oregon. Be there, be square. That's all I'm going to say. Well, Liz, that's uh, I, I'm I'm way behind on this, but I'll I'll have to I'll have to plot out my own um, ch- you know viewing location. But it's yeah. not it's not coming to Texas, I don't think. So I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay. Well, it's Tuesday, and we've got some trends. Um, and my first question to you about our first Tuesday trend is: Do you, Leon or Liz, have a personal mantra? Now I know you have a personal theme. You may have we have personal theme songs. But do you have a personal mantra? No. No. Okay. Well, there's research that shows that thinking of a word or a phrase that affirms our value and repeating it over and over again actually produces powerful psychological changes. That there's now new research, a study on brain and behavior shows that silently repeating a single word led to a widespread reduction in activity across the brain, primarily in what they call the default mode network, which is responsible for all the bad self-judgment and self-reflection yeah. that goes on. Yeah. So, well, they do try to teach in all these meditation classes I've been in. Yeah. They have been pitching this whole mantra idea. I just okay. have not... I've not embraced it yet. I'm working okay. on the totality. There's only so much woo-woo stuff I can do at one time. Well, maybe maybe you can tie it into the eclipse in some way, Liz, because uh, the word mantra, okay, it's very old. It, you know, it's derived from Hinduism and Buddhism. It, you know, 3,500 years ago, they were using this as a, a form of prayer to calm the soul and uh, to control the mind. But now modern mantras, I think, you know, they, they first of all, they recommend that you choose several, 
Like maybe that's your problem, Liz. You're picking just one word and it's not really working for you. Uh, They suggest that you should pick a couple of different words or phrases as your mantras because also you get bored with just one word. If you just keep saying peace, peace or, you know, Yeah, that's boring. <laughs> that's pretty boring. I think that's how it works too. You just stand in the grocery store line and go peace, 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 peace. Yeah, but they do think you have to keep it short, Liam. Keep yeah. it short. Okay, you have to make it positive and believable. You can't, you know, like I am all powerful. That's yeah. not gonna really that's not really believable. Okay? I am a supermodel. Yeah. Right. No, I'm not believable. <laughs> Giselle Bunchkin. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm good enough. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. You know, people like me, you know, you just something, something. Okay. And then you have to, you have to think about when to use your mantra. Like if things start to bother you, that's when you really need to, you know, engage one of your words and this will, you know, cause you really are trying to control your mind, but this, your brain will call up this word or a phrase and it will help you to reduce your stress, you know? So, and, and the scientists said that when you're, when you're doing, trying to create positive brain waves, you should actually envision your neural network up there. You should just be, as you say, maybe this is what you need to do in your next meditation class, Liz, is uh-huh. that you should just lie there or sit there and think about like your, your word and how it's like calming down all the, you know, all the networks in your brain. So. Just bathing your brain in good feelings. Bathing your brain, okay. but there's now there is there is a lot of research, you know, um, on this that by using these simple mantras, shine, love, this will pass, or you know, whatever, whatever it is, you know, uh, or the, the Homer Simpson donuts, <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like that would be good too. You have a right, right, the right idea, but it can it. I mean, it really can you know impact the amount of positivity you have it can it really can reduce your stress and uh so they recommend it we all need a personal mantra okay that's our homework assignment is to work up some work okay, words, okay? All, right. all right okay have you have you done any work on what you think yours is going to be no i don't i mean i just i just read about this but i'm thinking i you know that maybe maybe a couple words that would how can it hurt liz right why not do this right that's my attitude about the whole thing yeah okay right. i think what our mother would say is just say a hail mary but uh yes. <laughs> i think that is exactly what our it, mother well, a mantra is a form of prayer yeah. i mean that's yeah. you know it's the same thing uh so whatever it takes but it's it is it's supposed to work okay Here's my second question for you, uh, sisters. This is the second trend I want to bring to your attention. Do you have a dream handbag in your mind? You know, have you ever, like, do you have some bag, like, that maybe you you don't own it, but you just imagine what the perfect purse would be like for you? Do you have that? Have you ever thought about that? No? Don't think that deeply about it. I guess I have strong preferences about size and fit and almost everything seems either too big or too small, but I can kind of imagine what the ideal would be. Yes. I don't spend a lot of emotional energy on it though, but I, it is occasionally popped into my head what the ideal purse would be. Leanne, do you struggle with finding the ideal dream handbag? <laughs> yes, Julie, I do. Okay. I struggle. How can I, you know, that's the answer Julie yep. needs right now. How can yeah. I end the struggle, Julie? How can I end the struggle? Okay. <laughs> Mon 
monpurse.com. I just love the name of this, monpurse.com, okay? It started in Australia. A woman was struggling to find the right handbag. She could, they were too big, too small, had the wrong straps, wrong buckles, not the right color, whatever. And she uh, happened to be in a shopping mall and saw uh, one, a Build-A-Bear uh, store. Yeah, Liz, you're familiar with Build-A-Bear. You know what this yes. is. You get uh-huh. to customize your little teddy bears, okay? And like she had her light bulb moment that she said, this is what women uh, women need. They need to be able to build, you know, to create like a Build-A-Bear for your purse. So she started Mon Purse uh, in Australia. There are now two outlets in the U.S. You can or you can look at their online store as well, Mon Purse. And they have 19 Can different... Can you spell values. that for me? I'm not sure I understand what words Mon, you're saying. Mon, like, they oh, just like the French Mon. election. M-O-N. Okay. Mon <laughs> okay. I was... Okay, so 19 different bag shapes, 35 colors. You go, you, you go through their website. Uh, of course, they have you know, an algorithm that is a d- design-based service so that can help you make your choices and you can create your own ideal handbag and they ship it to you in two weeks two to four weeks and it ranges in prices from 75 dollars to some very pricey ones that are like 620 dollars but but there are a lot of sort of you know not you know not crazy expensive purses at mon purse but i thought it was a good idea yeah i'm on the website now it's kind of yeah it's definitely yeah me too yeah 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 they said there's nothing more intimate than one's handbag yeah yeah that could be true. I think it's a good thing. So I like this trend, okay? And that we can all have our dream handbags. I have not achieved this. And it seems like before the eclipse comes, you might want to have your dream moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's my mantra. Handbag, <laughs> dream handbag. <laughs> that's it. Okay. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> Okay, I don't think I don't think it's good. Here's the third thing I have that I'm not sure it's good at all. Just breaking news that they're bringing back American Idol. Didn't we just like send it off into the sunset? Didn't we just you know all shed a tear for all the wonderful things that American Idol has done for entertainment, all the fun we all have had watching that show? We sort of put it to bed, but no, now they want to bring it back. What yes. do you think? Have they said why? I'm not sure I understand why. Well, yeah. what's interesting is it's coming back on ABC, not a, not yes. Fox. Yeah. So it's yeah. swap, swapping networks. It's clearly ABC needs a singing show. They don't have one. Yeah, no, I, I think no. it's a. I was I was happy to see it. Why not? It's just people singing on a stage. I don't. It's just, <laughs> I don't what's to hate about it? I you know Scott. I don't. That's I, true. Well, yeah. right. I have no so with it. it. Well, no, I mean, but they could be channeling it, uh, channeling their resources and their creative talents towards more entertaining shows, right? It was an entertaining show. It was a super entertaining. It didn't stop being entertaining. It was a great show. Idol. I'm happy it's back. Just sing. Go ahead. Just stand up on stage and sing. I don't, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. I'm happy it's back. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm going to be too busy to watch it because I am going to be building my dream handbag. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's a lot of combinations with 19 different bag shapes and 35 colors. Yeah. You know what? People love people singing and people love competitions. So they probably need something to go, you know, when Dancing with the Stars isn't on, they need something to fill that slot. It's the same. (laughs) I mean, I'm not a TV programmer, but I could be. And that seems, that's got a good brand. I like it. I like it. 
remember, I went to see America's Got Talent, and most of those people had no talent. <laughs> so I'm all for shows that showcase talent. And I'm sure they'll switch up the format and stuff. It'll be fun. Why not? I like it. <laughs> okay, Lydia, you have reassured me. All, all right. right. Okay. I was uh, being a little harsh about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just open, open, you know, open it up. Open up your mind. Maybe that could be your mantra. Sing, sing. Uh, all right. Now I have a hodgepodge. Uh, and this is just a collection of small stories. Julie, I think you'll be very glad to hear that the Joanna and Chip Gaines effect has reached full saturation. Oh, and, well, and how do how, I know how that? How is that possible? What, well, what happened? I went to an open house in our neighborhood this weekend. You know, that's what we do in California. We just, real estate is a sport and open house means come on in and judge. And so uh, there is a house in my neighborhood that Flippers bought three years ago and they are finally done with it. And of course, we all wanted to see it, right? I've walked by it a million times. So we walk in. It's a charming Dutch colonial, a, a favorite style of mine, right? Who, who does not enjoy a Dutch colonial? Uh, you can Google that if you don't know what that is. You know, but it's sort of a colonial with a little more personality. You know, I like it. And um, they added a lot of uh, they added a lot of square footage to it. So I walk in, and immediately I think this is off. Like this whole thing is off. What is this? This isn't a Dutch colonial. And then I realized what it was. It was a Texas farmhouse in a Dutch colonial <laughs> that they had watched too many episodes of whatever that show is. Flip flop. Fixer upper. Chip and Joanna Gaines. They yes. had subscribed to Magnolia, the magazine. They had yes. probably been to the store and they just decided devil may care for our Dutch colonial. We're going to make these a wide plank, rustic Texas floorboards. I mean, the okay, flooring. So the full on Waco. They went full Total on Waco. Total huh? Waco. Farmhouse sink. Like the floorboards were like as wide as a VW bug. And they were all like, and they were like weirdly pickled and gray and like, you know, raked up and rustic. I was like, this is not a Dutch colonial. What is this? <laughs> there were no more walls. There were no more walls on the first floor. Open concept. Open con Everything was open. I just like giant clocks and tools on the wall. What was that? Words, were there some words on the wall? Because that's, that's what really makes it. <laughs> I mean, just. That I, is I was so like, Chip and Joanna. Yeah. Everything was, you just described. Yeah. I think, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. It was so... It just, they just found it irresistible. You watch too many episodes and you just think that's the only way you're ever going to be cozy at home is yeah. with words on the wall and yeah. tools and things. Yeah, and just giant floorboards. So, and just, it just didn't work with the molding. It was just all wrong. And of course, the developer was there and, you know, he's like, oh, what do you think? And I just, I said, you've done it. That's what I said. <laughs> you've done it. I just left it at that. <laughs> So. Well, that's a good answer. Ooh, I it. like that. I'm going to use that, Leanne. So. That can work in so many situations. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, number two, part of the hodgepodge. I saw this as a trend on Instagram. Liz, I'm, now I'm thinking this is the perfect thing for you and your friends to do for the 
total eclipse at the winery. Mm -hmm. Like I was wondering Mm -hmm. how could the satellite sisterhood use this particular fashion trend? And now I know, I mean, they, they were highlighting it for summer music festival season, but I think it also works for a total eclipse and it's, but it's called butt glitter. Are you familiar with this trend? (laughs) Butt butt glitter. Butt glitter. No, not surprisingly, that had not really come on my radar yet. Okay. So imagine you're in your short shorts, Liz, or you put on your bikini bottom and you're ready to go to Coachella or Stagecoach or Total Eclipse of the Sun. Okay. So before you head out into the crowd, you want to wipe some sticky stuff on your butt and then sit in glitter and and then go out. (laughs) Go out into the world. That oh, is this wow. actually does sound like something you must do the morning of a complete solar eclipse. I mm-hmm. yeah. work on it. I mean, just maybe not so much on the butt. Maybe just your like upper thigh. <laughs> no, Liz. I think if you Google butt glitter, you're going to see. Oh yeah, I have to do this. Is what I have to do because it's not. Some of it is artwork now. Like for instance, a total eclipse. You might want to paint sort of a rainbow or sun or stars in glitter on your butt. So there's butt glitter mm-hmm. art now. It's really an art form and not mm-hmm. <laughs> not just sorority girls gone wild. So uh, so there you go, Liz. Just get on that. Get on that. Okay. All right. I'll make sure Monica knows about that too, because she's also going to be in in the yeah. That seems right up Monica's alley. Yeah, but that has her name, but but glitter. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then speaking of butt glitter, uh, car wash is happening. You know, I told you that my new dance, uh, the dance that our group was learning was uh, a hustle ballroom hustle version to the '70s classic car wash. Okay. (laughs) And we have been working very hard on it. It is a very, very fast dance, but we have been perfecting our moves and we have secured a date at the Shady Acres retirement home. At the end of May, we will be performing Car Wash Live and excellent. And now you're going to add the butt glitter because that's going to take it to a whole new level. Well, we did, we have finalized our costume choices and mine arrives today. And uh, our dance troupe leader's wish was that we would all be in fringe jumpsuits. And, um, cause you know, imagine we're supposed to look like a car wash, right? With the fringe going back and forth, like the brushes. Okay. And, oh, okay. that's so okay. funny. I thought you were supposed to look like you're working in a car wash. So you're going with the Daisy Dukes and the butt glitter, but no, no. Okay. okay. No. See your concept. Now yeah. You but we, we couldn't find the full jumpsuits at a reasonable cost and a reasonable cost means like under $15 at Amazon. So what we have are fringe mini skirts. And I think those are really going to be great. And mine arrives today. So <laughs> pretty psyched. <laughs> Okay, that is an Instagram photo opportunity right there. So yeah, right, even well, if you if, that's you have to be, yeah, we have to see the fringe mini skirt uh either on your bed or on your body. Okay. And, uh, and it's uh, yeah, people uh, uh, mine is in a light electric blue. So I think that's gonna be nice too. Every was all yeah, different like color disco feet. colors. Yeah. And then we have matching um washcloths because you know we're washing the cars. So <laughs> we have Matching wash glass. Wow. It's really well, going to be good. This retirement home does not know <laughs> what's hit, what's coming. They are going to be just very excitedly. Okay. All right. Uh, and some then, kind of horn sounds like they're clearing the Lincoln Tunnel. I don't <laughs> know what's going on out there. <laughs> All right. And then finally, uh, I was texting with my college son, Colin, this weekend. And I said, hey, what'd you do this weekend? And he said, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and I thought it wasn't good at all. And then uh, he responded, and then this was his full review. 
Most of the jokes didn't land. There was basically no overarching plot at all. The twist was seen a mile away. The script was boring and full of cliches. And honestly, most of the acting was atrocious, including Kurt Russell. (laughs) Okay. Okay, a man who speaks his mind, your son, Colin. (laughs) And I trust his evaluation of things. And then I'm going to waste my time. Right. And then he added, the whole movie felt like filler, like Marvel needed a movie to set something up for the future. So they made this. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> then, then he takes a look at the individual movie and then puts it in context of the franchise. So yeah. apparently that media critique class is really, really working for him at college. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. Disappointed. The first one was great. So, but that does not sound fun. So I'm out. I'm out on that. I'm out on that. Uh, anything else? Oh, hey, that luncheon I mentioned last week, the women in business luncheon, it sold out. So never mind. If you're trying to get tickets and you're wondering why you're getting a funny message, 250 seats sold out. It's pretty psyched. Good for you, Leah. The word got out that you're moderating this great panel. So that's good. That will be really fun to have a full house. Yeah, it will be great. Right. It'll be excellent. So I'll more, more news on that later, but, uh, but there you go. So sorry for people who actually did try to get tickets and were shut out. I had no idea it would sell out that fast. So, uh, fantastic, fantastic news, except if you didn't get tickets. Okay, so what else? So you guys, are you guys also doing a Madam Secretary recap? Yes. It was yes. Such a we good... cannot wait. We're so excited to talk about this week's episode. So it was a great well, episode. It, it, maybe the best Based episode. on the buzz on, in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, everyone said it was a great episode. Uh, so. I mean, if they cancel the show now, I'm completely satisfied. Right. Uh, this was a good episode. <laughs> it's true. But so I, I, think... I don't want to start that rumor. But yeah. yes, we're going to be, we're going to be doing... Uh, a madam secretary. Yes. Yeah. Everything we've been asking for, it's like they delivered it in one giant package with a bow on it. This episode, right. fantastic episode. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up then. So you can get to, uh, get to madam secretary and taking that one apart. Uh, if you want to keep in touch with the satellite sisters anywhere, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at sat sisters. You can tag us. Uh, at Sat Sisters on Instagram too. If you have any butt glitter you'd like to show off, or, or anything else, or if you have yeah, an outfit, share your mantras. We'd like to yeah. know what their, your mantras are. Might help us. That yeah. would be good to see on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. If you like, share your mantra on Twitter. I think or you some can people's mantras are personal, though. You know. Okay. Well, maybe they have some public ones. Okay. So all right. That's just... I, I think that's you know that's kind of a personal thing. <laughs> okay. As opposed right. to butt glitter photos, like that is. <laughs> For everybody. That right. is social media all over, <laughs> right? Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay, you guys, while you're doing your re- recap, I'm going to uh, do a few things around New York City today. I'm taking a friend. It was her birthday last week, so I'm taking her to see the play Waitress tonight. Oh, which, that's so exciting. Which I've heard was really charming anyway. I saw the movie, which was great. But the show was written by Sarah Bareilles. And for six weeks, she has stepped into the leading role. So we're going to see Sarah Bareilles in Waitress tonight, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah. And then uh, then I uh, then I head home tomorrow. So, okay. Um, I guess that's it, right? That's it. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs>